So, Miyagi, you listen to the map report? Now whole village see. You listen to the map report. There's no honor in emus. Strange. Birds with no wings. Just strange. Left my home back in Omaha. See if I can make it out in the world. And I got as far as Wichita. Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore. Lost all my friends in Los Angeles. And I'm not welcome in New York. But I must stop back in Omaha. Where the fans they always crying out for. Alright then, welcome to Report number 42, August 10th, 2006. Welcome. It's a Thursday. It's a Thursday. What day now? This is Thursday. You've been asleep for 24 hours, Rob. Damn. It all happened in a flash. You're like a short-term Rip Van Winkle, is basically what it is. Yes, it's my fault. I had a friend of mine who's a colleague from Australia, and we actually went to see a baseball game last night because he'd never seen a baseball game, and so I had to switch it to Thursday, and then I got delayed. And anyway, mistakes were made. Things happened. You mean eight innings? No, he did not. Maybe eight. Eight or ten. Nor had I been interested in dating him, to be fair, so there were a lot of dissimilarities Yeah, you really shouldn't, especially if you think... There are eight innings in a game. You saw a great game, though. To be fair, you picked the right night. This was maybe the only instance of a visiting player coming into a ballpark, hitting two home runs, and getting two curtain calls from the home cr- hometown crowd. Yeah, and you will by almost the time never see that. Myself, you know, I was basically so I was with this guy who's Australian, doesn't know anything about baseball, and then there's Andy and me, both Boston Red Sox fans, and then you've got another friend of mine who from St. John's who's a Yankees fan, and we're all sort of staring around us, going, you know what? If uh, Johnny Damon hits a home run back in Fenway, he's not getting a single curtain call. Now, I understand the Mets fans love him. I mean, they even started chanting Mike Piazza. And I, it wasn't until, like, he was about to hit his third wow. one and he was going to, like, you know, tie the score practically that they started to boo him. But I was just like, okay, this is a little bit strong, okay? This is like, you know, this is like when uh, the guy for the, they traded a guy from the Bruins. The guy won the Stanley Cup and then he, like, brought the Stanley Cup back. He's playing for, like, the Colorado Avalanche or something. And he brought it back to Boston. Bork? Yeah. To Rory Bark, yeah, and people could cheer him, and everyone, and it was like, this is gonna be the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. He's like, by extension, I used to play for your team, but your team was crappy. So here's a, here's the Stanley Cup. Have you ever seen it? You won't see it for another 20 years, but I'm bringing it back to you. You know? Yeah, Mets fans, they're a different breed. They're more about the hometown guys than they are about winning. I think that is pretty universally true for Mets fans. You need to be loyal. Got to play out the string with those guys. Yeah, so Mets fans are just weird. Let's be fair. Oh, weird. I think we can all agree on that. I don't think there are any a weird group of Mets people. sympathizers amongst them. Do they still have the <laughs> well, orange no, no. light in Shea? Do they, they still won't. have that orange light, that, like, that little bulb that goes up every time someone hits a home run? Oh, you mean the apple? You mean the apple. The, the big apple that comes out of the hat. Yeah, some people were saying it should have gone up when Piazza is hit the home run. Is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. To some, it may look like a giant orange bulb. To, to be fair, I mean, it apple. does. It doesn't look like anything. It is not at all representative. <laughs> no. It is the least representative. You watch baseball highlights from a bunch of stadiums you've never been to, and, like, you can read the Sitco sign at Fenway. You can see all sorts of landmarks, and that was just a big bulbous button that raised. It did not <laughs> look true. like an apple. It it's did not true. look like anything. It was like a poorly lit orange orb that looked vaguely like Mets colors. And it's I don't know. That's apple. the home run. Don't, don't the believe their lies. That's the you've home run apple. never seen the home run yeah. before at <laughs> <Exactly>. Shea Stadium? <laughs> <laughs> Beltran goes deep, and he's broken out in acne. A home run beautiful. I've never, the tr- you know, a lot of people, I, I have always it's had sympathy in my heart for Mets fans. I don't, I don't have, Red Sox fans don't have a problem with Mets fans, but I, I always wondered about yes, the team do, itself. Yes, they do, Grady. No, it doesn't bother they me. That, that Mets fans more than no. <clears throat> until, Not true. Until totally two not years true. ago, Red Sox fans that is hated inaccurate. Mets fans more than Yankees that is, fans. That is, that is inaccurate. That has never been the case, because the one thing Mets and Red Sox fans can agree on is that we both dislike the Yankees intensely. So the Mets fans and the Red Sox fans, we've talked about this. I've talked with lots of Mets fans. And, and a lot of Red Sox fans, we do not share ill will towards the Mets fans, especially since 2004 when the Red Sox won the World Series. You know, at that right. point, everything, all the bets were especially off. But I mean, then. even beyond that, I never hated the Mets fans. I didn't. I hate 86 was really rough, but I still dislike the Yankees more yeah. than the Mets, you know? 
But even so. beyond that, people forget that that championship team was one of the most hateable teams ever. Just a bunch of jackasses. Daryl Strawberry. Like, yeah, great players. But Strawberry was Keith a jackass. Hernandez. Keith Hernandez was well known to be a big prick. Dwight Gooden was a drug addict and a prick. I mean, yeah, they might be good guys. They were just all on cocaine at the time, which just kind of makes you into a dipshit. <laughs> exactly. You know, you're just obnoxious. But and to be so, fair, it was 1986 when most of America was on cocaine. So that's true. It was very representative. You know, uh, those were the salad championship team. Those were they the were creating games. the fact that all money, you know, what is it, 90% of money in America has uh, traces of trace amounts of cocaine on it. That's right. Of Very good. Paper money. Paper money. Not you mean, did you I mean tell you physically? Did you read this on your Physically no, no, no. trace I've, amounts? I've actually known this long before I've known I've you, I've quoted actually, this so. on stage before. Is this true? So, yeah. Physically trace amounts of cocaine? Yeah, 90%? we are all guilty of possession yeah. at all times. Yeah. Really? And the only stuff that isn't is, like, money that's been printed in the last five years or something. I knew there were traces of the uh, fecal matter on all the cash and the cash supply. I'd heard that before. Did you know that? It's all related. About 90%. Rick James was I mean, a very wealthy man in his day. Fecal matter on anything that people put their hands on, right? I think we can all agree on that. That's just, that's a byproduct of that. And sure, that counts money, that counts whatever. I mean, there's traces of almost anything harmful. It all flows into everything else, man. We're all just dinosaurs eating each other's shit. Do dinosaurs money. eat shit? Do you believe in dinosaurs that ate shit <laughs> to survive? Um, um, I don't know what to say I, about any of that. The <laughs> All right. <laughs> the you know what you should do right now during this <laughs> quiet period at the Map Report? Go take the podcast quiz. It just yeah. debuted. Uh, so why don't you talk a little bit about that the story? Mapreport.com slash quiz. It's the world's first ever combination of online quizzes and podcasts, and uh, it may be the last, so I don't see anybody else <laughs> jumping up and following suit. So it may be your only opportunity, not that it's going away anytime soon, to take a quiz and find out which of 32 podcasts you are. And I promise, despite aspersions cast on us by some other unfriendly podcast forums, MapReport is only one of the 32 possibilities. It is not, say, 31 of them, as Russ encouraged me to make it. So it's one of the 32. You have a 3% chance of MapReport. You have a 3% chance each of 31 other well-known podcasts from around the world. So it's very exciting. And, yep. uh, you know, traffic's trickling in. It's the uh, seventh quiz The that slow I've build. Written, so. Yeah. It's yeah. true. It's the slow build. We had a lot of. We had one point where people were starting to become suspicious uh, on the podcast pickle. Not suspicious, seriously, but they were just sort of like, "Well, you know, I'm the Mep Report. I'm also the Mep Report. Wait a minute, we can't all be the Mep Report." And I was like, "Look, there's 32 answers. One of them is the Mep Report. All of you are the Mep Report because the Mep Report is a show you like. That's a good thing." <laughs> like eventually they were like, then they were like, "Well, yeah, actually, it's good to be the Mep Report." I'm like, "Of course, it's good to be the Mep Report. Who wouldn't want to be a comedy show about emus? Who wouldn't want to do that?" So of course it's good to be the Mep Report. You know, there's nothing. Okay, we're not we gaming the system before this gets out of control. We it's like a big game like of emus. <laughs> we reference emus. Oh, that's a good point. Yes, we are yes. not a show. We're not a show about, about emus. emus. <laughs> okay, we was that podcheck review. Hello, podcheck review. We are not about emus. Uh, now we Scott Fletcher is a good guy. The he podcast just didn't understand. category. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. The point is, he made this post about you know we would win the category of best show about emus. We would not win that category. We yeah. are not about emus. I think he thought we he was being emus. clever about that. We were inspired. Like, making a joke. Inspired but, yeah. by emus. No, he. I actually but, thought we were uh, about emus. He, I, I literally no, he emailed him, did. and I was like, do you really think we won based on the many votes from the podcast-listening Australian emu farmer audience? And he was like, yeah, I, emus are cool. You mean that's not what you guys do? I'm sorry. Well, that's that was very much a lot of what the, you know, the marketing approach to podcasting is. The theory, it's like you know, when people hear that I want to be a writer or something. And they're like, oh, yeah, you should just uh, study up on some really obscure topic that, like, 500 people in the world really care about. And then you have a guaranteed audience, and nobody else will give a shit. But you can do it. I'm swearing a lot today. I don't know why. But yeah, what the, what the it's F, late. It's, it's the traces late. of anyway, fecal matter in your vocabulary. In my, in my vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's that word, too, every time. Uh that's funny. But, no, uh, you know, writing, podcasting, whatever, everybody's theory these days is, you know, create your own cable television show. As long as whatever you do could be its own cable television network that's obscure and makes people go, really? There's a cable television network about that? Then you're set. That's you know, the actually, new theory of doing things. And pretty soon there will be six, seven billion different 
taste. It's actually a good genre. point that I wanted to bring up because I was talking about this with uh, my friend from Australia because one of the things we were talking about was that it's... A show the, about Emus? Yes, yeah, right. And he was like, well, I know all about those. No, the world is becoming... <laughs> well, I mean, we already know that the world has in some ways become more fragmented, you know, politically and, and those sorts of things. But the fragmentation and the sort of compartmentalizing of society generally is something which we've started to notice in everything. So it's like, like Story said, like you need to have... I mean, there was a point where you'd say, okay, you want to have different shows for different interests. Then there's a point where, and this has happened with us in the MEP report, where I had this big argument with a guy in the podcast Peer Awards who was just like, well, you're really not a comedy because you really have conversations with people. So you're really in, you should have, and at one point I, I called him out. I'm like, so you'd like us to be the conversation podcast between four ex-debaters, you know, three to four ex-debaters from Brandeis who, I mean, like, like, you know, how specific do you want to make the category? And I think that's sort of, don't you guys notice that that's a problem like in the world generally that we're becoming so fragmented in some ways that we're starting to super compartmentalize everything like, you know, from tastes that we like, you know, certain, certain kind of, we want to have certain neighborhoods that are so specific that, you know, we never have to leave the neighborhoods and we never have to leave these areas and we never have to like try to reach out to other things that aren't in our comfort zone. You know what I mean? Just seems everything's getting fragmented in that same way. I blame car advertising. Car advertising brought together all of this combination of it's best in its class and it's in a class by itself. And that was really effective for them. So I think that everyone That's is trying everyone to replicate to I see. that duplicate best in class by by default by being in a class by but no, like, and that's this, yeah. really what has inspired the rest and of life. And to be fair, we really should have put the map report up in the goth renaissance drama category. Yeah, but that's true. I know. It was just sort of fault. a last yeah. minute that's my fault. decision. I don't but know like, why we went to comedy. But Russ, this has happened to you too. Like I remember you telling me, uh, you know, probably you know, seven eight months ago about how you were doing your routine, your comedy routine about Schwarzenegger, and you were doing it for like a New York audience and something, and they were just like, "What? I don't understand Schwarzenegger." It's like people know Schwarzenegger. It's like people need a certain brand of comedy. Like I Good bet if you had gone in and made them, let's the... dye our eyebrows black <laughs> and fade into the 14th century. Um, Stories moving along with the goth renaissance drama. Oh, okay, okay, which I think is great. I was very confused for a minute. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm all there. <laughs> I thought Stories back to being sick. That. But you know what I mean. Those comments will always be welcome here. Shouldn't comedy be times. broadly available to everybody, Russ? Like, shouldn't your comedy, like, you sh you're funny regardless, right? Isn't shouldn't everyone fun uh, no, funny? No, I don't know. It's a tough issue. Comedy, you have to do both things. A, you have to be universally understood because when I, I'm I'm very much in the the mold of intellectual comics where I'll talk about something like you know, politics or. Uh, French, you know, people, or I talked, I made a, I did a whole routine about the, um, the They're whole Norwegian comedy. Those are two choices, politics the, uh, or French people. <laughs> all of the Islamic fundamentalists got pissed off at those comics. We talked about this a few yes. months ago. Yeah. And I tried to do a routine about this in LA and people like looked at me like I was speaking Japanese. They had no clue. And the reason was because they didn't care. They wanted me to talk about you know, they want me to tell dick jokes. And there are some audiences that will only accept dick jokes as the only form of currency that you can have as a comedian. Oh, it's like, so well, you can tell any dick jokes, so why do you even bother? And so that's fine. That's, but, you know, that's my lot. I have to look for a smarter audience. But let me fine. ask you a question about that, though. Do you think that it's your response, and Story can comment about this, too, in other arenas. Do you think that that's the responsibility, like it's your job to form your audience? Like, you know, if we, if the MEP report continues oh, totally. to get big, then we can create an audience that likes the stuff the MEP report does? Or is it I just, mean, no, you know? If we I get any bigger, it's straight to dick jokes. Exactly. <laughs> well, we I was wondering if we were going to get to those, because those are really worst, great. The worst possible thing that you can ever do is try to moderate you know, what you want to talk about to try to please people. That makes you boring and stupid and bland, and nobody okay. wants to hear it. Right. And it makes you Jay Leno, and nobody wants to be Jay Leno, <laughs> especially not me. Can I, can I tell you guys uh, joke. some dating stories or something? I, I've been waiting for like two weeks, because oh. this happened two days after the last MEP report when I went out with the uh, podcasters. I want to tell you guys a story. Okay. I have a beef. Let me preface before I give you my beef. Get ready that for the beef. Bad. <laughs> story, story especially would be a big fan of the beef. <laughs> this is quite a dating story, isn't it? I think I we might have to uh, do a warning here. <laughs> Let me preface. This girl definitely, she's got a lot going for her. You know, she's she seems reasonably sane. Actually, she seems very sane, which for an L.A. female is totally unexpected. I didn't think that was possible. Okay. So that's great. You know, she's adventurous. She's fun. She has impeccable taste in music. 
and she knows a lot of these tiny little spots around L.A. We, you know, we'd gone out Friday night to the show. We saw this band. They're called, I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I hadn't. They're called Margot and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. <laughs> no, I kind of missed that okay. one. Oh, yeah, right. they played my backyard two weeks ago. <laughs> right. Pandora loved it. <laughs> they were really great, and they, the cool thing was they had this insane drummer who basically acted like any of us would act like if our favorite band was on stage and they just let us go on stage while they were playing for no reason. Like, he would sit there during the performance and, like, romp around on the stage and pretend that his gesticulations were actually making the sounds of the music and, like, flexing and mouthing the words of songs but not singing them to the audience. He's a total nut job. Okay. So that was my favorite part of that band. And then he would get up to the mic and he'd be like, please buy our t-shirts. And yep. we're all like, go back and... Yeah, your, and your image more. goes... Don't ever speak. Yeah, it shatters. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I was like, why did that guy speak? So that was great. That was a lot of fun. Next night we went out to dinner and we saw the most forgettable movie that I've ever seen. Which was? Um, surprisingly, I, I, I don't remember. What was it? I think it was... <laughs> of course, naturally. But um, it was... What is this uh, Robin Williams movie? There's a Robin... Oh, the, the Night the Listener. The Night Listener? I wanted to see it that. No, not good. utterly forgettable. There is nothing you will relate to or like or be interested in I about this movie. Heard, I haven't even heard all. of that at all. Stay that way. Please erase... When you're editing this later, erase this from the show. It was called the... Uh, you should never know that this movie exists. You're just going to throw money into called the void. The Chronicles which of Sony. But then, after the movie, I was like, you know, you want to come back to my apartment and we can watch a movie and hang out. Which was really great, because I guess, I take it this is a euphemism where some other guy would be like, and then we'll have sex. Right? I guess that's what that means when I invited her back to my apartment. Um, I could, I could see I know one we lady don't on this. Right. Yeah, I'll tell you, but whenever a guy invites me to an apartment, my immediate reaction... Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, but what the great thing was, was she was explicitly like, well, we're not going to have sex. And I was like, um, that's my line. I, I was not inviting you for that. I just wanted to hang out and watch a movie. And great. So, so wait, that wait, was actually wait. good. I like... But back up for a second. So the tone of her voice was, well, we're not going to have sex. Or was it, we're not going to have sex? Or, what, like, you know, how... Because how, how, that's no, important. No. no, it was the first thing. It was the... No, it was... I'd be happy we're to go back to your party. not going to have sex. <laughs> Uh, it was that. It was pretty we're much that. Yeah. She was in a goth sex. renaissance drama at the time, which really confused We're not exactly. going to have sex. I don't that know how really to react hurts, to that. you know? It really hurts. So And um, I totally am an advocate wow. of not having... I mean, I can, to, I can very much understand as an adult the pull of casual sex. I understand how it would be entertaining, but I think it's just not worth it ever. There's just so much that's tied up emotionally and that kind of thing. And you can just really screw somebody over and then, you know, like 80, I think like 85% of the murders in the world are related to casual sex. That's, I'm just going to throw that out What? There. Like, why uh, not? I'm like one of the biggest opponents of casual sex in the world, and I would not say that. <laughs> that goes beyond what I could possibly say. No, but haven't and you ever heard crazy. the actual statistic that, like, people who are murdered are usually murdered by people they know, and even more often by yeah. not only people they know, but people who they were intimate with, a spouse, which I guess would not be casual sex, to be fair, but someone that they were close with. <laughs> but, uh, current America, it's pretty close. That's, that's the attitude <laughs> the but average I mean, American has. It's that thing when you tie up that amount of emotional um, effort into something, and then you know you're not taking it seriously. It can really screw people up, and there are Absolutely. plenty of fun things you can do with strangers without having to screw them up emotionally. So that's why I think that about that. And so I was totally on board with that. I'm like, great. So anyway, we watched a movie. Uh, we watched Walk the Line on my cool TV, and uh, we hung out for a while. And then I drove her home, and here's my beef. It's upcoming. We finally got there. So I'm driving her home. And Carthage. And she lives in this, like, complex of townhouses type of thing. Uh, I drive her up to the curb, and I'm just like, I'm just going to drop you off here. Because it was like 1.30 in the morning. You know, it was pretty late. And she's like, no. And I'm like, I can't drop you off. And she's like, if you drop me off, don't ever ask me out again. What? And I was like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. It was kind of like... She was overbetting the pot. You know what I mean? I don't, wait, I'm not even. I'm, not, like, I'm clearly not getting the tone here. What, what is you this? raise? I'm all in, and I'm exactly. throwing in my wife and family and a truck I just bought. This was so a poker hand that was about fifty chips, and then she raised me ten thousand out of nowhere. And like, it That's all crazy. really is a poker analogy because the, how would I normally respond to that, right? 
If she, instead oh, of being for fuck's the pot, exactly. God, I, I did can't fall. stop swearing. What's wrong with me? But you're right. I was I was totally like, well, why would I want to create a nuclear situation over parking the car and walking her to the door? Of course I'll do that. I mean, I didn't really want to because a it was really late. B I really didn't want to wake up her folks who you know live there because that would ruin my night if they like got mad at me for bringing her back too late and waking them up. Which is why I didn't want to you know walk her inside in the first place. And C wait 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 back it, up. She lives with yeah. her family. She lives with her she parents. Just, she just graduated from college, so as okay. she's starting law school, she's living with them now. And so okay. I've, I've got to say, they seem like reasonable people, and they're very nice. I don't have any problem with them, but I'm a little uncomfortable with parents being involved at this stage of the game. This is a little early You're for me. You're about 17, aren't you? Russ, that's about your age, right? <laughs> That's still, that's what you're used to. Mr. Jones, yeah. I'll be really, I'll okay, be really okay, you're with your daughter okay, and I'll be careful. And, and that, you're okay. transitioning out. Are you going to take Come her Come on, man. It was like the second date. I have to meet the parents already. Can Come I borrow on. your that's car, onerous. Mr. Jones? That's too much. Oh, wait a minute. But, 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 yeah. but, but Russ, though. So I brought our corsage. I still need Sorry. some tone here. <laughs> so, so as I understand it, the raising was entirely based on, if you drop me off, don't ever ask me again. In other words, in other words, the reverse of the question she asked before, right? We're not going to have, it, it was, we're now going to have, <laughs> she just took out the knock, no, right? Yeah, this was totally deadpan, but it was just an ultimatum. It was just like, if you don't walk me inside, I will never see you again. Wow. And that's an interesting thing, because it's wow. not as if it was some kind of crazy gambit where she really wanted me to break up with her by threatening to, you know, break up if I didn't walk her in. I think she really just wanted me to walk her inside. But I can't ever imagine someone being so vehement about that, that that's so important to you that I walk you inside. I mean, is there nothing wrong with, like, the goodnight kiss in the car and drop you off ten steps in front of your door? Does she live in some particularly hazardous townhouse community where prowlers jump out of the bushes when you walk to your door alone? I mean, why would anyone be so angry about that? Oh, this, this, I thought this was a euphemism for something like a... else. It's not? She just wanted you to walk her inside? No, no, no. no. That's all she I wanted. don't think it's a euphemism at all. I think it's, that's all I she think it's sort of a, a leftover what? medieval uh, relic. I think it's a medieval relic that has entered your relationship. So you think that women, some women would actually expect this and not be satisfied with the drop-off goodnight kiss in the car, even if it's 1.30 in the morning? Yes, and, and I think and it is a medieval relic. it's not her own house that we're going to. It's not like it's her apartment. I, I, there wait are a minute, people wait a yeah, I didn't I think want to it's wake just up. an expectation. I think there are people, there are lots of women who would expect someone to pay for them, to expect people to open doors for them, to expect a walk up to the house. I see them all as sort of part and parcel. And they see that as a sign of that you're interested. That's just a proxy for any actual interest or any meaningful thing. You know, I ran into this in a couple of my relationships in the past of just stupid medieval things being proxies for feelings. And it didn't matter what other feelings were stated, how much actual communication there was, how much actual evidence of respect or like or whatever else there was. They just expected these certain hoops. And it's sort of random the, and different for all sorts of If you of don't buy people, me a diamond for X and X thing, then you don't love me type thing. Yeah, exactly. A diamond or get me flowers periodically every, you know, fourth Friday on the Friday. Like, it just weird stuff that people, and they've all, you know, people all have different hang-ups. I mean, I don't think all people do. I think a majority of women in America now don't have any of these hang-ups by far. But, you know, a lot of people still have these holdovers. And they're things that I think in a lot of cases a parent will teach them that this is just how, you know, how you weed through all the lousy guys in America. Most guys are pieces of garbage garbage and here's how you know you don't if he buys you flowers every fourth friday and you know they really freak out because all the other indicators are there that you're a really good guy and then they're waiting for the flowers and they're overdue and but come sunday they're literally in a frenzy ready to break up i mean this is almost literally <laughs> something i experienced in a college Can relationship we blame and it was just like bad magazines for this problem we can blame like all women's kinds magazines of I think I'm going to blame The entire magazines. parental generation that is, you know, 25 years older than we are, the, yeah, the magazine culture, America in general, maybe the government. I'll blame the government. But, yeah. Blackhawk you know, helicopters. I want to blame those, too. I guess those are yeah, part of the government. They're dropping little perfume okay. samples that make women <laughs> into misogynists. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. To go back no, to the poker I mean, analogy. It's really true. You know how I feel when somebody does this to me, because I see overbetting the pot you as a sign of, of weakness. Face. Admit it. Admit it. I didn't want to punch her in the face, 
but I was very tempted I mean, to call. I mean, not in a, like, abusive relationship, but, like, in no. a, you want to mess with me? You want to mess with me? I'll mess yeah, with but, your family. No, no, you're exactly right, except my response would not have been to punch her in the face. It would have just been, well, to, like, yeah. been, okay, I guess oh, we're yeah? not going out anymore. And then to just see point. what, just to see what would happen. Just point to like, the door. Just to point to the door. I really didn't want to do that. <laughs> But at the point where you're right, making this situation, I just am very curious to see what happens if I just call the bluff right there. I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to walk you in. Is that it? Am yeah. I not calling you anymore? I didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. Is that it? Are we done? Because, you know, if her head had been a Tennessee 57 icon instead of a, uh, you know, a podcastress. <laughs> Tennessee 56, I'm sorry. If her head had been Tennessee 56 icon, I totally would have called. And I would have just been like, all right, let's see. Have you got the nut straight? Because I've got top pair. I, I thought I had a good hand. Yeah, but wait a minute, though. And I don't believe you. All right. Uh, what, 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 Although she would have been too devastated. Even if she didn't want to break up with you, she'd have to. Because otherwise she would have no pride left the entire rest but of the But wait a minute, though. It's true. What are we that talking about? Good. And I'm not out to break people. That's another thing. It's not like poker. I literally oh, yeah. want to break Especially them. Especially people you're <laughs> That's dating. Not their <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I got all your chips. I win the. Oh, <laughs> I Damn. win the relationship. <laughs> Back to J-Date. <laughs> That'd be so great. Uh, that's exactly uh, the outcome you're looking for. Well, no, that's why I folded. I was like, okay, that's that's all right. But you know, what if this leads <laughs> to the from now on, like, well, I wanted the chicken, and if we get the fish instead of the chicken, I'm never going out with you again. I mean, can she oh, just what, play just this card whenever North she wants? Korea? Yeah, going to pull out the nuclear option all the time. <laughs> this is it the president she's setting. It is awfully early. It's true. It is awfully early to pull out the nuke card. I agree. <laughs> it's a really bad precedent. I mean, it's maybe it'll get worse though. Maybe it'll like escalate. That it's it'll be like, I'll break up with you and kill one of your family members. <laughs> Right. And now you'll just be committed. You You're totally pot committed from here on out. Once the threats escalate, it, it's not just about you anymore. It's not about the relationship. It's going to be about safety. No, I was sitting there. There was a hand. I had The hand was like ace-jack-10 on the board. So we're going to make more ridiculous poker, or just me. I won't take, <laughs> I give you guys say. credit for making <laughs> retarded poker analogies. I think the board was ace-jack-10. I'm sitting there with ace-9. I've got top pair. And then she's got, like, king-jack. You know, she's got, like, a second pair and, like, a gut shot straight draw, and she's like, I'm all in. And I'm like, really? You're all in? Do you have the straight? But wait a minute, though. But I can't assume that she doesn't. What, what, but what are, we, what are we talking about here, though? I mean, like, she's got... she's, she's she, I know, yes, thank you. She's all in on yeah. what? I mean, you really but think that she thing. was, it's like... like... a very mediocre hand. But like, no, no, no. But what is she playing? What is she playing? She's all in on a medieval relic. What is she playing She's for? She's all in on a walk you to the door. She wants you That's to walk point. you to the door, and then it's she a does what? Question. Well, no, 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 no. She wants you to walk you to the door. You walk her to the door, and then what? And then she goes, "Good, you win." So I can properly say good night. I can walk her in, properly say good night, and then leave. Five. Or never later. call her again. Yes. Yeah. Those well, are my you, options. You should have opened the door, pushed her out, and then driven off into the night laughing. That's what you should have done. But I didn't want to do that. I mean, in theory, it sounds like a lot of fun. But after the first 10 <laughs> seconds, I would be like, oh, I didn't want to do that. As much as the poker instincts I mean, told me that that's my move, <laughs> I didn't want to do that. In her defense, in her defense, Greg, I mean, referencing what I said, like, I, I, you don't know if her parents, like, ingrained in her this idea that a man who is not willing to walk you to the door every time is, you know, blah, da 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 Like, is, you know, that's an indication of total disrespect. If you let him do that once, he's going to walk all over you and you have no self-respect and, you know, anyone like that. You don't know what people are raised with. People's families are crazy. People are crazy. <laughs> people do this crazy is a general things. Rule. And people, Humans' families people, are insane. Exactly. It's true. And, you know, families make for crazy because they're these closed-off little enclaves that think they're the whole world, you know? This I is mean, what I was talking about true. before. Every yeah, family is like are, that. Our story, and are you trying to abolish the family? Is this your agenda? I mean, what's your agenda? It here? would improve life overall, but that's not what I'm. You didn't like Brave New World. Right Brave New World was not your utopia. No, it's true. There were no Sorry, families I in Brave New Even World. you do not believe this. I happen to know that you're very close to your parents, so even you do not believe this entirely. I mean, I love my parents, and They'll I got just extremely agree that lucky. He's insane. But my luck should not lucky. be. You know, you, we shouldn't have a roll of the dice for everybody. That's ridiculous. 
Okay, I've also spent a lot of my time since being raised by my family working with people who their entire lives are destroyed because they didn't have a family that was competent at all. And I don't think that that means, well, roll the dice or good for the people who have good families or what. I mean, yes, ultimately a societal family is by far preferable and it takes out all of those irrational connections that I talked about earlier. But anyway, this is not what I'm trying to point out, okay? <laughs> yes, I have to believe the family is not... <laughs> Yeah, it's not yes. the best way of people raising children in a society. People should have to apply to the Who government to be able to Do have children. Do people really believe? Yes, I'm sorry. they should Do send people that really believe that the family is the ultimate way to raise a child in a society. Like, if you could just do whatever you wanted and make it happen in a society, that a family would be what we would Story, choose. that's the rhetoric. That's, really? that's the rhetoric. That's all you hear. Family. You're kidding, right? That's the only rhetoric you hear all the time is people saying that. Well, I mean, everybody always says, you yeah, know, the family is the number one option. Yeah, but they're saying that within the context of, like, what we could feasibly do tomorrow, right? With what people foresee tomorrow. And tomorrow, well, the society that I'm talking about is probably not feasible in anybody's mind. And that's fine. You know what's great but about this? if they could just wipe the slate clean, they would pick biological families as they randomly happen now? They would choose that? Really? What Story is doing right now is he is picking apart the least controversial thing that George Bush ever said. Yeah, I know. Exactly. He, this is like his <laughs> core like, thing. No, with everyone's like, okay, fine, we agree with you, families are good. But Story's like, no, even there you're wrong. I mean, if you friend. had an option <laughs> to, to, to breathe air, would you, I mean, would you really choose that, to breathe air? Would, it, would air breathing be what we would want? Is breathing air? No, is that I mean, you'd that's want? true too, right? Okay, if we could make a way that we didn't have to rely on breathing air, that that were optional totally. for life, Much better. of course we would choose that. I mean, yes, that's trivial. That's the Kurt anyway. Vonnegut oxygen pill that astronauts swallow. Remember that? Which novel yeah. was that? I'll come up with it. Uh, I forget. One of the worst ones. Um, I think it was yeah, anyway. I was, was going to say the Eden story. Yeah, it was bad. It was not good. Um, <laughs> anyway, okay, before you got me on this family stuff, we were talking about, right, and one of the reasons you get rid of families is they're crazy. But they are. They're little uncles. They're cults, okay? Families are cults. They're cults that people do not have a choice about families being members of. Families are cults. And they have to grow up in or rebel against and disappear from and go into hiding from. Those are your choices. And you get lucky. Sometimes your cult is the peace and love and happy freedom cult. And sometimes, you know, it's Scientology. But like, there's no alternative you would design it. that would be better than this option. There's no alternative that I, would allow you to just be, you know, know. Oh, yeah. to be born yeah. independently and, like, exist independently of family. I don't see how there would be a better alternative. No, I think the entire communal society raising people is Story. by far a better option. I'm going to have to give you myself as a, uh, an objection to this theory of yours. Okay. In my experience, and I don't know why this was, like I was a very independent kid. I mean, my parents set up guidelines and they, you know, taught me things and set up certain rules. But for the most part, I was pretty much out on my own and I was there to figure out things. And maybe, you know, if I decided that I was going to figure out how to be a drug dealing murderer, that would have made me get along less well with my parents. I instead decided to be a relatively good kid, so they allowed me more freedom. And you know, But, I mean, I don't know. I've talked to my dad about this, and he actually admitted at one point that the decision to have me when they decide whether they were going to have a kid, my dad was basically like, eh, all right, why not? Let's have a kid. And that explains my entire life. And I love that. Okay. I think that's I, great. I don't want to it was laid back. It was laid back. Find a point on this. And if this is going too personal, then just red flag me here. But when did your parents get divorced? How old were you? I was five. Okay. I, I think that that is why that changes a lot of the cult-like aspects of a family. That if you have basically two families instead of one, that a lot of the cult is mitigated because you are raised with a more of a pick-and-choose attitude or more freedom in general by being a go-between instead of being sort of enclaved. I don't know. I that in a lot of bad shit. situations, it means that you end up being the equivalent of Donnie Brasco. You know, you're like either in the mafia or you're an informant and you have to like go back and forth between between two cults, which in some yeah, cases absolutely. can be independently I mean, connected, I, you know? In some From cases, a very I early mean, age, but I, just I was like in charge of shit. I was like the diplomat, right. you know, I was the one to communicate information from one side to the other side. Clea, I was the one thing. to decide where yeah. I was going to go, who I was going to be, you know. So, you know, yeah, I had a lot more independence, but that doesn't mean that I didn't, that that disproves the family 
or that that proves the family cult system is true. It's just my situation allowed me a great deal more freedom, but it was still not being raised by the state. You know, it's still something closer to a yeah. family. So. Oh, I mean, all I'm, no, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's not closer to a family. I'm just saying that the cult-like aspects of a family are much mitigated in divorce, and I think they're replaced with other detrimental aspects in a lot of cases. But I just think that it's harder to say you're enclaved away in this one little society when you have two societies who are often warring with each other and, you know, Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. So that's all I'm saying. Develop sort of a moderated opinion based on what both sides were thinking, and I came down somewhere exactly. in the middle. Right. Yeah, pretty much that's true. All. Anyway, at some point earlier, we were back at the crazy effects of a family and that they raise people normally, you know, perfectly normal, reasonable, good-hearted, well-intentioned people to have certain crazy aspects. And I think this holds true with almost everybody. And I think a crazy aspect here was a guy is, you know, basically hitting you over the head with a crowbar if he doesn't walk you to the door. And you should respond in the same way to both. I, I'm end. sorry, I lost you there. The, that was too fast. You came around too fast. My, I got whiplash there. Hang on. Okay. All, no, all I'm saying is the crazy making in the family. Everybody uh -huh. has quirks, right? Everybody has quirks. This is one of her quirks. Her family raised her. They sat her down the entire year that she was six years old. They, you know, every night when she went to sleep, they played a little tape and said, a guy not walking you to the door on the date is equivalent of hitting crowbar. you over the head with a crowbar. I'm an alpha. Crowbar. And alphas crowbar. are great. Crowbar. I love Crowbar. being an alpha. Crowbar. Exactly. They did that. <laughs> for the whole year she was six, and now she's so traumatized by the idea of someone not walking her to the door that she's going to go cold turkey. Oh, it's yeah. All in or no, nothing. that's totally fine. All in her phone. It's like someone I'm just as interested, though. That's, I think that's a good rationale, but I'm just as interested in what this means for future situations. Like, is she going to be Kim Il-jong? Is it just going to be this one thing? <laughs> Are there going to be other reasons for her to, like, test my manhood or something? Well, wait. Or to call ultimatums out? I was going to ask another question about that, actually, because if she... Okay, so she, she tells you to do this. What I want to know is, after you agreed to do this... Then all of a sudden, yeah. her the switch. Then it was fine, right? Like I, then she was like, okay, great. And it was it was almost as if it had never happened, right? Is that accurate? Oh, like you yeah. went through it? No, that's exactly right. It was not an emotional confrontation at all. It was just very matter of fact. If you ever want to go out with me again, you will park the car. Like okay, and yeah, then she's, I was like, yeah, that's it, basically my that is idiotic. Was, I've well, dated many that, women. That is idiotic, stupid, and moronic. And I would have broken up with them immediately and driven off. That's a joke. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. I, I'll admit I'm not whoa, in a good whoa. mood tonight. But, Greg, can uh, I ask you a know, question? Yeah. Holy God. You, that does not sound like the Greg that never, I have. <laughs> yeah, that also is just totally, okay, I want the, the record to state that I am the most sympathetic, <laughs> Russ is in the middle, and Greg is the least sympathetic to this individual. This is strange. Because you'll never see this again, ever. <laughs> this is odd. So write yeah, it down. That's probably true. It what must be happening? a Thursday thing. Greg, can I ask, have you never dated anyone who, like, in general you felt pretty good about but just had some crazy quirk that may or may not have been related to the Middle Ages and Middle Age views of men and women? Um, well, what do you mean by crazy quirk? I mean, I certainly have dated women that are crazy and were nuts, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, you usually speak Quirky somewhat crazy. negatively about them, by which I mean more positively than anyone speaks about an ex-girlfriend that ended badly, but... <laughs> Uh, what I'm trying to say, I mean, related to what I call medieval, related to, you know, misogyny that women still believe in. Okay. Oh, that was that was the punchline? I thought you were like, related that to that. Blah, okay. Related to that. Yeah, like something, uh, yes, in a woman that you, you generally you're, you're, you're found talking about chivalry. fine or generally felt okay about the relationship. You're talking about chivalry. In other words, yeah. they're fine, but they want you to hold the door, and if you don't right. hold the door... I mean, to exactly. be honest, like probably my reaction Medieval to this times. is partly That's because what chivalry is. Yeah, well, you said you said misogyny, and I wasn't really putting the two together. Well, yeah, I I mean it's an extension of misogyny. It's just it's oh, it is. Such usually. <laughs> okay. It's true. I wasn't aware that holding a door so. is misogynist, but okay. No, I'm just expecting it is. What? You know, I hold the door for all kinds of people, but it's not a male female thing. I mean, I'm also at war with misogynism. gender. In the many things that I disagree with, gender is another one of them. So you know, that's fine. But I'm just personally better at gender. I'm less. I'm less. You, uh, you and, you and families are freaking rife with gender, yeah, dude. Right. No wonder you hate There's families. You and gender don't that's get along. That's all about gender. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know it. You and gender are like okay, not sorry. a Thanksgiving. Day. They're rife with gender and um, fecal matter. And cocaine. Scientifically proven. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know. I, 
like, I guess part of the reaction is that I just, I, I hate, I, and I, the part of it is because, you know, on the relationships that were not good relationships, I, the behavior, I would get this sort of completely out of left field over the top. I will now, you know, decapitate you and, you know, throw your head over onto a spike type of thing, you know, based on sort of what really is insignificant. And those unbelievably over the top, I didn't see that coming out of left field type of things bothered me so much because I had to deal with them that at this point, it's just kind of like if you have a completely irrational, totally out of nowhere response that's of the all in variety. I mean, like if she was like, oh, I'm really upset that you didn't do that because you should have walked me to the door. That's fine. If she's like looks at you deadpan and says the says the incredibly unbelievable either do this or don't date me get like who would do that who would honestly seriously say if you don't t- i mean they might say oh you know i'd really appreciate it if you do that or i mean like normally you'd be that would be like that at best that would be it that would be something where you would it would count maybe against you in the scale of this woman and then she would say oh rush should have done that exactly and didn't do that but the fact that she would be like That's do this or i break up thing. with you is moronic so no i've ne- i mean i i have yeah. had that happen to me before and I would not want to date those people now because I'm not interested in dealing in dating psychos. I mean, I'm just psychotics are sort of that's in my past. I'd rather I mean, not date eh, psychotics to going be forward. Fair, to be fair, it's the second date, right? It's not like she's putting a six month relationship. You're exactly over right. The edge and of the that's the point. Saying, it's the second freaking date. <laughs> You've exactly well, made my point. It's the second goddamn date. No, Come on. But here's I mean, the thing. You can, do you remember, you can do you remember how I prefaced ways, the but... whole conversation? Do you remember how I was like, the first thing that I like about her is that she's very sane and rational? So you have yeah, to remember that. that was awesome. That, that was hot. For the most part, <laughs> and it was an irony. Like, for the most part, she's totally level-headed. She, we even had a whole conversation on, uh, over dinner about how one guy that she had gone out with via J-Date, our favorite thing, that she wasn't very enamored with was because he was like, as soon as they went out on their first date, he was like, now you're my girlfriend and you don't see anybody else. And I agree that that's just weird because that's not what dating is. Yeah, but dating she, is a feeling out process. It's a getting a used to process. So she's and like, so I'm she super rational that, like, except for this, where I'm irrational, right? Right. Well, so maybe along the lines of what I think, where I think Story was going, if she just believed that we were just dating and we didn't, haven't really built up very much yet, then she wasn't really throwing away as much as if we'd been going out longer. Yeah, but this is, I mean, but this is, yeah. uh, but then that's just the testing, it's just pushing the envelope for the sake of pushing the envelope, and I know, Russ, you don't mind that, but to me, I think that's, I mean, yeah, I know that people can have quirks and can have different things that happen, okay. but to me, when you have something that is that utterly over-the-top irrational, that you would put that at risk. I don't want to deal with someone who's willing to put that at risk in the second date because you won't walk someone from the car to the house. I mean, maybe you should do that, should or shouldn't. I don't what? know. I don't want to get into that. But like that irrationality to me sort of invalidates you at that point because it's like, give me a break. I mean, you got to be kidding me. So it's- One more line of argumentation on this girl's behalf. There are things that could be said. Imagine put it yourself entirely in this girl's perspective there are things that someone in russ's position could say to us being in the podcaster's position that would make us say that there's something that would make us say that no matter what it is or how outrageous it sounds to us there's something that russ could threaten to do it may be cut off your arm it may be something whatever but there's something horrendous that they could threaten to do that would make it reasonable to say if you do that we're breaking up So at that point, the question is simply about where that line is. And I think that we could all admit, being really honest with ourselves, that there are somewhat irrational things that would fall into that category that, you know, maybe they hit the exact wrong hot button for failed relationships past or things that... I mean, I don't think it's that absurd. I think that there are things (laughs) that we have built up in our minds... With this serial not walking her to the door guy. He would, like, I mean, drop her off yeah, in the middle okay. of the city somewhere and right. be like, go find your way home. It's yeah, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, be like, exactly. you will walk it's me home. It's clearly a trigger for something. I walk right? 40 it's miles. It's a trigger the way, and triggers can be set off by irrational things. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not defending that this is the best thing she could have done or that it's, like, something I would do necessarily in all situations or that it's great or that it isn't descended from medieval misogyny. I'm not defending any of that. But I am saying that I think it is somewhat reasonable or a reasonable person in general could be susceptible to this because, 
you know, there are all sorts of irrational pains and creaks and quirks that we have in the back. But I guess, I guess That's part of what shouldn't, uh, and they come out to haunt. I don't know. I get. I mean, I certainly agree that there that everybody has quirks and irrational things, and certainly the trigger thing makes sense, and it makes sense in you know in a lot of ways. Like, I mean, you know, the because you know I personally had the experience of having you know one in particular super psychotic girlfriend who was you know psychologically abusive, as I've talked about here in the Met Report. You know, a trigger for me would be somebody you know calling me a piece of crap and hoping that I died. I mean, that would be a that would be a trigger. But I think that would be a rational trigger. It's unreasonable. <clears throat> you know, but if Clea said that would be a rational trigger. But if Clea said to me, well, you think? Oh, that. wait a minute. Let me let me finish. But if Clea said to me, you know, Greg, I really you know wish that you had you know I asked you to come get that that shopping bag and you know so to help me with the groceries and you didn't do it, you know, and if I immediately was like, what are you trying to say? You're trying to say you hate me and wish I would you know slip my wrists. I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like clearly one thing, although I mean, it's I maybe on the road like to people. What? I mean, I do. I absolutely do, because I dated a pathological liar for a year, and she made me distrust everything that anyone said to me. And I went back and spent the next three years reanalyzing that year and all of the things that she had ever said to me in my mind and trying to pick out the warning signs that were there. And frighteningly enough, I found bazillions of them, of all sorts of things, to the point where I believed for a long time, and still do to a little bit, that I was an idiot for not seeing through it a lot sooner. Yeah, well, yeah. And as a result... In all future relationships, I have had, as my major key character flaw in those relationships, crazily overreacting to negative things or implications of negative things because I think that they're an indication that this is about to happen to me again. But okay, wait, story. You so may have that. that emotional reaction. I think a lot of people yeah. who have had... No, I have that verbal reaction. I go crazy. It's really unpleasant. Okay. And it happens, and I work on so it. And I've improved a Emily lot. Emily comes but home still, five minutes it late. It still comes into my marriage. Let me give you for instance. It still comes into my Emily marriage. Emily comes from home five minutes late and says, oh, you know, I just got off the train late. And your reaction is something that I'm trying to make an equivalent to what this girl was doing in Russ's case and says, I came home five minutes late. And you say, okay. no, you were out sleeping with a coworker and you want to divorce me now. That's the reaction you have? Because that to me is the equivalent of what we're talking that, about here. That is definitely more extreme yes. than something I would do. However, there's still a high degree, just because I don't choose the least rational thing ever after three <laughs> years of marriage, there's still not a ton of rationality in some of the things that I say, and I think there is at the time. And that experience of going through that in whatever, for God's sakes, you know, a decade that it's been since this awful part of my life, that experience has taught me a lot about understanding why people do things that appear to be irrational and unreasonable. I guess it's that's true. Can I bring another and factor into this? my whole defense comes through. Yeah. yeah. Here's another ameliorating factor. I happen to be, and, you know, I don't know if you guys know this or not, like, extremely chivalrous. I think on a scale of 1 to 10, for average people, I'm like 9 on chivalry. That basically like, means I you're a misogynist, Russ. Open. That basically means I you're a misogynist. I always offer to pay yeah. for things. You hate women. I know. You know, it's, it, <laughs> it's part of the family cult. It's totally the way I was raised. Yeah. I always offer to take the brunt of whatever. Being for, polite for to women. women. And, you know, See, lots of appreciate it. Head. Yeah. In your exactly. hall was from Dark Age Obsession, not from, okay. <laughs> Some of them politely declined, but I always oh, offered. Oh. So you would think that given the fact that I'm, you know, doing all of this stuff on the first three dates, that she wouldn't make the walk-me-to-the-door nuclear situation, because it's already clear that I at least am a nice guy and I'm offering to do stuff anyway, right? Wouldn't that make it less likely that this would happen? But what if she doesn't care about any of that other stuff, just the walking exactly. to the door? And so she doesn't You're really trying to paint her as like a psycho. But, this is, but what Story just said is exactly right, like Russ. No, Story, no, I really don't was, no, it's psychotic. Story said exactly okay. the right thing. I totally girl, agree with Story on this one, because, because what basically has happened here is, Russ, You've just described how you do everything in such a way that you've built up, in my mind, a lot of positive karma. Why would she risk someone who's so much more chivalrous than the majority? And she likes chivalry. We're, we're establishing as a baseline that she likes men who are chivalrous. Why would she take somebody who's so much more chivalrous than the other guy she's dated and because he wants to drop her off when she's going to her parents' house is like, okay, I'm all in? Because that's basically the equivalent of what's going on here. That should have counted for something. She shouldn't be like, yeah, well, I'm putting at risk this great 
guy who's the greatest guy that I've met in terms of chivalry um, because, you know, he's not going to walk me. I mean, at that point, even if, if you if, if you I, look at it as like an irrational thing, this is what separates us from the animals is that we have that second moment where we go, okay, that was really irrational. Now let me think what normal, sane people would do. You know, how could you put the whole relationship okay. at risk like that? I just can't believe that. <laughs> I hate continuing to go back to my own experiences <laughs> and covering this whole thing, but that flowers oh, example that Maybe I was giving earlier thing. is basically true, okay? The flower thing is true. It is a true story from my relationship with, by far, by leaps and bounds, the most normal person in all ways that I ever dated. She was too normal, and that was a big problem, ultimately. But... <laughs> You know, it was nice. She was very sane, very stable. She's by far the most normal person that I've ever comprehended dating, let alone actually dating. Hi, Emily. Okay? And <laughs> Can I ask a question? We had a conversation. We had a conversation. Yes, you've all met her. We had a conversation. No, no, that's not the question. The question what? is, when you say normal, yes. do you mean socialized, mm-hmm. like American socialized normal, or you mean not crazy? I mean, probably both. I mean, American socialized normal seems kind of psychotic to me, so probably not <laughs> right. that. See, that would, that I mean, would make sense, Ameri- because then you would American say she was normal, and I hated her, because she loves George Bush and war and no, no, no. riding no. on missiles. Because Ameri- you know. American socialized normal That's is disturbing. like you have sex on the pre-date. Like, you can't even wait till the first date anymore. It's you not American to, socialized yeah. like, okay, normal. I just wanted to clarify normal. What? <laughs> That's, that clarify. the American... Anyway, so no, normal and just like very sane, very stable... Not very emotionally verklempt, like just pretty much <laughs> emotionally together. No, like hidden surprises, like hey, I'm a pathological liar, or hey, I'm dating lots of people at the same time and want to keep it that yeah. way, or hey, yeah. you know, none of that. This and is all true. she really did have this thing where she had equated in her mind from all of this buildup and all of this perception, and a lot of it was her mother, maybe entirely her mother, when it really came down to it, that if a guy doesn't buy you flowers, he doesn't like you, he's treating you like dirt. And it does not matter what else happens in the relationship. It is about the purchasing of flowers. It is about blooms (laughs) being placed in your hand that were paid for with hard-earned cash. And that's all that matters. And it's not that you can't be happy if that doesn't happen, but that there's something fundamentally wrong with the The, relationship and the guy if that doesn't happen. And we had this conversation like two months into our relationship where she like was freaking out and really sad and really unhappy out of nowhere. And I was like, what is going on? And we had a sit-down conversation. We had like a three-hour conversation about this that basically I ended up weaseling out of her. It was all about the flowers. And I presented for like half an hour a body of evidence of, but I do this and this and this and this. And some of those are, you know, chivalrous hallmarks because I'm not above being chivalrous. If people like chivalry, that's fine. You know, <laughs> not above it. opening doors, doing all these things, compliments. We're calling, not involved in overlap. Nice, Story being, likes to be chivalrous. You know, the person that I am. <laughs> and she was like, yes, yes, yes. But what's Bizarrely weird is that in some ways, and I've dated really crappy people, she said, but in some ways I see them as better boyfriends because yeah, again, they again, again, and they were really, again, really lousy but people. Story, and that's, she said, that's not like rational. Really guys. That's not they rational. Really horrible people. She should become lesbian and go date the podcast. She should be lesbian and go date the podcast. That's what should happen. It's not rational. It's okay for human emotion to not be rational. You don't. But it is not okay to put that on you. No, it's not. It's not okay to put that on you. It's not okay to all of a sudden randomly be like, "Oh, I'm really unhappy." No, it's not. You have a responsibility to other because people. We all do that, Greg. Let's we all do it. Breath. Are you telling me I think that when you, you start arguing with a table, that someone should dump you because you argued with a table? Stupid table! Why won't you fold up correctly? Okay, which you've admitted to doing on the show, so you can't go back on right. it now. Right? Yeah. That someone should dump you because of that? Because no, it's because not that would be irrational. That's what no, you're what dumping me for? You're what yelling at a. <laughs> Story. Dumping me, dumping me, dumping me for yelling at a table is the irrational part. Okay, if I took the table and then you know I'm trying.
trying to think of an example. If I if I took the table and like threw it up through you know threw it through the plate glass window at the front of our house and then it was like, well, I was just a little bit esteemed, you know, then they yeah, would have every Rock right to divorce me and be like horrified at that ex- <laughs> yeah. example, right? But I mean, the point is, the irrational thing would be dumping me because I had uh, dared to yell at a table something which all people have done at one point in their lives or another, right? I mean, that that's the thing I'm saying. Like we've all had irrational thoughts, I but we all I've don't go out and at act. A table. All right, but have you banged your head on a thing and gotten annoyed for no reason? You know, like, oh crap, what is that doing there about right, my head or something? We all have separate, but we don't all act on them and turn around and then take that out on somebody forgiven. else. We don't then turn around and go, it's your fault the damn table was above my head in the first place. It's your fault the table won't fold up. You know what I mean? Like, you don't take it out on another person. That that rationality, that irrationality, is an I, internal thing to you. At least I don't. If I have an irrational thought, I'm not going to turn around yeah, and be yeah, like, Clea, okay. this is your fault. Why don't you make this table fold, damn it? But if the table were an essential symbol of a relationship, <laughs> unlike, you know, similar to flowers or walking someone to the door, if the table somehow symbolized chivalry and being a good person incarnate in the mind of your the way you were raised, then it would be... Then I would be irrational. <laughs> then, I would the be, then I would be terribly irrational and I should uh, get myself helped. I mean, come on. We're talking about, look, we're not talking about like normal rationality from the perspective of like, you know, you have a thing about abandonment, let's say. And so if somebody doesn't call you and they're going to, you know, like say they're going to be at work late and they don't call you, that really upsets you that they don't call you. Okay. Now you could argue that there's an element of irrationality because of course they're fine or something like that, but you could understand that they would want you to call them. If you said, because you didn't call me at work, I went out and killed three people because I just was so upset I didn't know what to do. So I went out and murdered three people because you didn't call me from work we're talking about irrationality there i mean i think there's a lot there's a difference between the two of them and to me i think you have a responsibility totally to the other person you think so <laughs> yeah probably but i mean that the point is that you just have a responsibility i think to other people and i mean i'm not saying people right. aren't irrational i'm saying we have a responsibility to not foist that on other people because it's just so unfair to the other person to somehow to what that person did to you in that case story was so fundamentally unfair that it's i'm amazed that you're even defending it and it's the same thing with with Russ, I mean, it's so fundamentally unfair to be like, no, you know, I'm willing to By dump the, the entire it, relationship like... because of this. It is it's ridiculous. As baffled as I was by it, I was like, really? It's just about the flowers? And I went out and bought her flowers the next day, and she was over the moon, and it was yeah, great. Wonderful. It was right. Right. And I made yeah, wonderful. There's a deep relationship. Every the other, other week. thing is, <laughs> if it's an easy solution, yeah, right? It she's not like, you have to have blonde hair, you don't love me. Or, you know, I wish if you were only six foot five, then I would know you cared about me. These are things right. I don't have control over. But, you know, if... It really doesn't take that much effort to park the car and walk her to that's the thing. That's fine. So she just say, I'd you know, really appreciate it if you... Wouldn't it have the same effect if she said, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you parked the car and walked me in? Wouldn't you have been like... Would you oh, have been, totally. So that's what I'm saying. And why why pull out the I'll never the see you again card? Well, okay, discussion. but that's what I'm saying. Overbetting like, the pot's not rational. totally proportional for her to be like, I won't give you a kiss goodnight if you don't walk me to the door. I think that's exactly proportional. Yeah. And I'd be like, that's fair. That is fair. And then, but the being like, I'm going to throw all this away, I think is just, I, I don't necessarily think it's a sign of her being crazy. I do think it's overbetting the pot. And so now for me in my poker terms, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Sometimes overbetting the pot is a sign of weakness. Sometimes it's using it to assert strength. Maybe she just wants to win this little battle so that she has an edge going forward. Like, this is what I think about. I don't think she's insane. I'm worried about tactics and whether I'm behind tactics and whether I need to save my chips. What? Now, if I were you, I'd just fold well, and get up to the table. If you thought you were behind before, how behind are you going to be when she listens to the show? Yeah, I know. No, that's true. It's a <laughs> sacrifice for the listeners. I do it for oh, entertainment. No, I mean, like, I love I, and I'm, I, again, I, I should say, like, because what Story was saying about me not being sympathetic, it's certainly true. I'm not sympathetic to, the to the behavior. I mean, I don't know if, she, if, you know, if you're, you know, if she seems like a nice person and you like her, that's great. I just, I just... To me, that's that's not it's not fair to put that on you and then to and then and to put that on you in that particular way and make that the cost. And part of the mm-hmm. reason here's the other thing too. Because I would never do this to the other person involved, and this may just be unfair on my part, I don't know, but because I would never do something like this, I just wouldn't pull out the irrational, well, basically, either you kiss me or I, you know, I go throw myself off a bridge or something. Like, because I wouldn't do that, I don't, it bothers me even more because then it feels as if the other person is able to take liberties that I'm not able to take because I, unlike them, have sanity. Or even when I have irrational, like, emotional reactions, like somebody, you know, does 
something, somebody is really, if somebody says something like, I'll have this happen to me where I, I easily get guilty, you know, and I'll feel like I'm re you know, and I'll really feel like terrible about something because, you know, like, like I, I didn't do the show last night. And I was late getting here for tonight's show. So I felt really guilty about that. My reaction, if I were to sort of give full vent to my irrationality, it would be like, I'm a real huge piece of crap. I'm such a piece of garbage for doing this. But like I have a moment where I go and then I think about it and I'm like, okay, I'm not a piece of crap. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have, you know, I should have gotten here earlier or whatever, but they don't hate me and they're not going to stop being friends with me and all that stuff. If I were to just be like, yeah, guys, basically I think I'm just a piece Player of garbage. That <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, well played, sir. Well played. Uh, see, he's overbetting the well pot done. is what he's doing. No. Fortunately, I hate I stories, so ha ha. Yeah, no, well played, sir. I Aren't think you a riot? The real difference, and you're exactly right, is that you look at this situation through an emotional context, and I don't. What you're talking about is if I was playing poker, somebody overbet the pot and pushed me all in, and then my reaction was, how could you do this to me? I can't believe you just went all in. This totally ruins my hand. But no, I wouldn't say that. I would just be like, wow, they're all in. They must really want to buy these 10 chips. Right. I guess I'll let them buy the 10 right. chips. And that's where it ends. But it doesn't end that way for her. If we you know. keep talking about this, I'm quitting the Met Report forever. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. But that that overreaction, well, that overreaction is exactly what we're talking about. It's like the, it's like we were talking about like the take the football and go home thing when kids used to do that when we were younger. It's like well then I'm it's like oh great. So then you're taking the football and you're going home. Congratulations. Like I, I hate that. Where we've moved beyond yeah. the need for that incredible irrationality. I mean, it's like it's use true. your brain. You know. To be fair, if we were going out for six months and she did the same thing, I would probably have a stronger reaction. Then after three days. That was my point, yeah. Because that's actually holding a, over a lot of investment and time over something totally stupid. I don't know. I'm just defending my As friend it is Russ. Now, it's and more of a curiosity. Whatever. It's more of a curiosity. And clearly, we, we surely got a lot out of that curiosity, right. I think. And apparently, see, we gave it a full I'm glad run it through. happened just because it gave us almost a whole And it did. And in fact, speaking of the devil, it actually is a full show. Nice. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for listening, as always. We have come to an end. We want to... We're come to an yeah, end? Yeah, we're... we're and it's we didn't even talk about the terror is, plot. We not one word Thursday. about the terror no, plot. No, no politics. Something about Thursday. There's something. We'll bring wrong. that up next week. But definitely, please Thursday. take the podcast quiz. Please continue to do all those things you've done for us, you wonderful people. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back at you uh, next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Yeah, do it. Antibacterial podcast soap quiz. is good what for the fecal matter. And wash fly. yourself. Wash your money. <laughs> wash your family. Definitely wash your be family. rational. Don't have wash a family. Be rational. Just be rational, please. Or if you do, wash Be them. rational. Make sure they're clean. You said washing. I Clean hate you. Family. I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the proceeding was a presentation of the MEP Report, hosted at www.mepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron. Or at least not the stupid one of the cars. Please support the MEP Report by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for MEP link on the MEP Report homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu plants. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Just another day away